Let's just start right now. Mike? Yeah. Baker? Michael. We're good to go, gentlemen. Good to hear your voices. Mike, you just interrupted a, my, my, the last question I asked before the beep went was, how are we going to stop ISIS? So thank you for interrupting. <laughs> what? Why were you talking about that? Oh, really? It was a, how are we going to stop the Houston Texans? That's what I'm going <laughs> Yeah. There's so many more important things than that. <laughs> All right. Facing the national, the national security of the country. Mike, are you getting any exposure to American terrorism in Chile? Like, what's the, what's the play there? What do you mean? I don't understand. Like, do you get San Bernardino shooting headlines? Just like. Yeah, I mean, I I read all you know American newspapers. I actually. I don't read a lot of stuff that happens in Chile. Like I don't watch the the Chilean news or read about Chile that much. I read much more about what happened, what's happening in the United States. Uh, so I've been following all that stuff. Yeah. Good job, AU. All right. Um, well, it's football season, you guys. It's the second week in December. The guys who live next to me in Watertown are starting to drink Bud Lights before noon on Sunday. It's getting awesome. cold. Um, it's getting a little bit chillier, cold at night, still sunnier in the day. It was 50 today. I mean, it's like the, it's Indian summer into December, Mike. It's, it's crazy, but nice frosty mornings. Um, and these guys next door are like, they, they, they will, they don't go to work on Monday. Now I realized today though, the, the problem with my complaints is that, well, they could look right back at me and say, well, why the fuck are you home on a Monday morning? <laughs> so I don't my my argument doesn't hold a lot of weight, but um, the guy today was sitting out in a lawn chair in sunglasses with his head tipped back like he was sleeping, and this ninety eight five the sports hub was just blasting out of a contractor's boombox on the porch like full blast. Wait, what do they do? Why don't they work on Monday? Nobody nobody knows what they do. What they do is they like <laughs> all hang out on the porch. And and drink and smoke weed and yell at each other like they're us when we're 15, but they're all like 34 years old. Oh my god! And are you best friends with them yet? <laughs> no, we're not on speaking terms. I called the cops on them. Like such a pussy. Really? When? Last night? No, like maybe two months ago. They were singing karaoke at four in the morning on their porch. <laughs> Like, you know, the, the sad part is, Alex, is that we're almost 33 and 34 years old ourselves, so. Yeah, but I'm married and I, like, have some place to go some of the time. Like, these guys, we don't know, we don't even know how many of them there are. Um, <laughs> so, no, they, they're, they're no. like, they're, you guys, Mike, you would absolutely love them. Like, I heard that there's this one fat one who has no neck and he's got a bald head. And he's like he's like pushing three fifty and he'll wear like a Bruins goalie jersey over. Wow. 
and he was yelling at the top of his lungs about how he couldn't drink Powerade no more because he got diabetes. Uh, <laughs> that and then, oh, and then, uh, and then he just started screaming at someone across the porch about how he broke the bong. Um, <laughs> and mind you, the other side of my house is the police station, and these guys are just like nonstop balls to the wall. Yeah, their their cousins probably work there. Exactly, it's an They're inside. About it's it. an inside job. Um, all right, well, let's you talk. Just, you just happen to have the historical land between them. Yeah, look, they're good people. They actually, I heard one of them talking about my dogs one day. He's like, oh, that that one's named Tim. I really like him. Like, they're just idiots. Um, and they, every night there's football on. It doesn't matter if it's Thursday or Monday and it's like Cleveland and Baltimore. They are over there watching. They're the epitome of, like, the drinking problem that has resulted with the like onset of American sports worship. They, they're, wow. they're a, they're a, uh, case study waiting to be, waiting to be had. They, like what, when was the last time one of them got laid? I mean, that's really the discussion. Like, do they even care anymore? Are they fans of the show? <laughs> do they listen? Will they hear <laughs> They would, they would actually be our number one fans if I was man enough to go over there and tell them about it. They'd probably call in. Oh, wow. All right, so um, Patriots have always preached that you play the season in quarters. It's the first quarter where they were 4-0, which is now like the new preseason because they never hit hard enough and practiced during the actual preseason. Then the second four where they were 4-0, and they're now 0-2 in the third four. And Brady always talks about how the season really gets going once Thanksgiving happens, and they're 0-2 after that. So what's the analysis? What do we have going on here? I actually think it, it – well, <clears throat> it started a little bit before that too because the the Giants game and the Bills game, I don't – they they were good games, but that, that wasn't really um, – Patriots football, you know, that they should have lost both of those games. Um, And the big thing with all those games has been something that we've been talking a lot about and that I've been, I was listening to WEI today. No one mentioned it. It's Brady throwing the deep ball. He's been just getting into it more and more these last four games, I think. And I think it kind of worked out for them against the Giants. And it was kind of weird because that's like how the Giants play football. You know, they, that's how Eli Manning plays, which is, um, you know, have kind of a fluky game and then take a couple of shots down the field and maybe it'll work out or maybe it won't. But this, like the game yesterday, it just it seemed like I was watching a different team. And I know there's all this stuff about penalties and, and I mean, uh, injuries or whatever, but it doesn't look like the Patriots out there. Certainly doesn't. You know, the, one of the staples of the Patriots teams over the last, I don't know how many years we've watched them, is excellent special teams play. So yesterday was an example of what happens when you have poor special teams play. I mean, if you take out all those points that the that they scored on, you know, just special teams alone, it's that game is, what, 28-14? Mm-hmm. They score. They scored two legitimate touchdowns, basically. 
They didn't score any touchdowns on offense in the second half. Yeah, there you go. So, I mean, I guess, you know, I think if you take yesterday out of it, Mike, I still think you're right. I don't think, you know, I think the Bills game was a difficult game. The Giants were lucky to win uh, last week. You know, we know what happened in Denver. So I'm not, I'm not enthused. My biggest problems are, again, the offensive line. I'm struggling with them. I think Brady is getting hit way too much. And I think, you know, these drops are killing us on, like, significant, you know, portions of the game. So. I, well, yeah. There's. I think, you know, you can sugarcoat it. You know, for so long. The, the highlights are their their defense has played really well. I think they're excellent. Um, but the injuries and the kind of the, the issues with the offensive line and the you know the dropping. I mean, come on, let's let's you know Chandler Jones. If he drops another ball, I'm gonna pull my hair out. Uh, not Chandler Jones. Uh, you know Chandler. LaFell. Chandler. La, no. LaFell. Well, God. Scott Scott Chandler is who you're talking about. No, but yeah. I would say LaFell is worse. I just I'm mad that LaFell is always three yards away from the ball that Brady throws, forty five yards. I don't understand that. Well, I mean, I don't know, is that him or is that a combination of the two of them? I mean Brady's gonna take all the blame for that that interception and you know, that I think that interception came after that awesome, you know, pitch to Brady and run for fifty yards. All right, well, yeah. I, I, I got, we, I'm going to admit to something I admitted in our text, which is that I missed the first quarter and a half. So, And, Baker, you missed the first half of the first quarter. So, Mike, what happened in the first quarter? They were up 14 nothing, right? Yeah. Um, touchdown passes to uh, uh, Amendola and Scott Chandler. And they just marched uh-huh. down the field? No, there was uh, – they had they, – they were – they kind of – uh, were had a trouble getting out of the gate, but then they got into a rhythm and they were doing well. And then for some fucking reason, they decided to do that Ebner kick um, onside. Like I don't even know what you would call it. When they the were drop up, kick. Four, they had yeah the drop kick, and they had all the momentum in in the world. Like <clears throat> at that point, you just play the the Eagles straight up. At that point, I don't understand what they were doing. Um, yeah, and the that, Eagles had the Eagles turn. had moved it fifty yards to that point. Yeah, what's I don't I don't that it's I, I thought it was really dumb play calling. Like I don't understand what that that they were thinking there. Um, because nobody knows, nobody even knew that the drop kick was possible. And and Belichick is you know he loves that history stuff. Like he drop kicked it once with Flutie for a field goal. Yeah. Remember. And, you yeah, know, but, like, in his mind, I think he thought, oh, what a, what a good time to try the drop kick because, you know, they'll never see it coming in. You know, if we pull it off, then look how smart we are because we, you know, we knew a rule that nobody else did. And we have a player who played rugby, and I drafted him, you know, three years ago so that he could do this drop kick. <laughs> do you think it was an arrogance kind of thing on his part? Like, what, why? Why would they play that? Why would they do that? Though I don't understand. I don't either. If it was me, I just say kick it deep. But like you know, if it had worked out, we we'd be all saying like, "Oh, that's so cool." We have this guy Nate Ebner who is a uh, 
you know, a world-class rugby player at Ohio State, and Belichick drafted him because he's a freakish athlete. And, oh, by the way, he can also do a drop kick. And, and it worked out, and we're the smartest team ever. But it didn't work out that way. It turned momentum of the game. And then, then they only had to go 50-yard score. And they, they mar- literally marched it right down the field after that. Well, in true in true landline fashion, I haven't even seen that kick yet because I missed it on live TV, and I act as if I couldn't see it on the Internet 50 times. So... I don't even know what it is, but let's look at it a different way, which is let's pretend it did work out. Let's pretend they got it. They scored again. They're up 20 on nothing. Let's pretend that that trick play to Brady where he caught the ball um, and then they didn't throw an interception right after that. Like, let's 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 just play it out as if all that stuff worked, all the trick plays worked and they won for three. They they won by three touchdowns. Then. The story after the game is they beat a really shitty team. They, like, you know, ran up the score, and now they're going to win and be the number one seed. But they've, they've spent all of their trick plays. I don't – there, there isn't a huge upside, right? It's not like you're surprising anyone if you won at home against the Eagles um, when you're up 14 nothing in the first quarter. Like, it's just what everyone thought. So – who cares? Why not just run the ball and like try to watch? I don't know. I, I think what Mike is saying about them playing it, the Eagles straight up is is a really good point. Like, do you guys hear what I'm saying? It's kind of like, what's yeah. what's the great upside of that? Like, you could beat all these teams all the rest of the year, but none of them are good. It's not actually showing if you're a good team or not. So why not just like keep it all inside, wait for it, wait for it, wait for it, and use it against a team that you really need like a power boost uh, to beat in the playoffs. Yeah, well, I agree with I agree with that. I, you know, I just you know I feel like you know, especially for the the Brady thing, they had to pull out because they were down. Right. I don't think they would. I don't think they would have if they were up. Um, yeah, I still think that they <clears throat> like even last year. You remember the double pass with uh, Edelman uh, in that do your job thing or whatever. They just said that you know they were going to run that earlier in the year. Um, I think it was the Kansas City game, <clears throat> and they ended up not doing it because it, it didn't work out. Whatever the covers didn't work out, um, but they were so grateful that they didn't pull it out in the year because then they could pull it out in the uh, in the playoffs. And that's the first thing out of my mind was, wow, that was such a cool play for Brady. Um, but was that the point to do it? I, it was great, but then more importantly. On the next play, he throws it deep and gets it intercepted, which was just awful. It's horrible to watch. And that and him forcing it to Amendola, uh, like down on the one-yard line or wherever they were, those were just ridiculous. Those were horrible, horrible um, interceptions. So there's this theory, actually, I I first heard this about from Tim Hasselbeck, which – I find him annoying in general, but he, you know, I think he's, I think he's like always been really jealous of Brady in my personal opinion, because he's a Norfolk, Massachusetts guy. And he went to Xavier brothers high school and I think he always wanted to play for the Patriots. And he's just, he, he, he constantly like beats on this horse about Peyton, how Peyton is better than Brady. And he'd rather have Peyton's career, which is totally nonsense. He'd rather have Brady's career. He just doesn't want to admit it. But, um, his whole theory is that like, you know, running quarterbacks in general, 
have lower completion percentages. And the issue with that play, and I kind of agree with him, is that Brady just ran 50 yards, which is not something that he normally does in a game. So he's, you know, in running quarterbacks, what happens with their completion percentage is they run around all the time. They run like 50 yards one way, and then they run, you know, then they have to get back in the huddle, and they're kind of like out of breath, and then they have to go throw the ball, and they're just not as accurate. So I think, you know, I think that makes a lot of sense when you apply it to Brady, you know, runs 50 yards, something he's never done. Very next play, he makes a mistake, throws an INT. I I did wonder um, right when that happened, I was like, he must be gassed. So I'm not. I mean, I'm not making that excuse for him. I'm not saying that that's what happened, but it would make logical sense if you know you, you know, you're a little bit tired. And he said it. You know, he was saying on his interviews that it was a mental mistake. Like he was trying to throw the ball out of bounds, and that either that or LaFell came up short and wasn't supposed to be where he was. And you know, Brady's just covering for him. You know, which is also possible. Who knows? But. Well, it feel it feels weird. It's like uh, okay, all the things that are very unpatriot happened, like bad special teams, like you said, Chris. Also, panicking and making rash decisions. Obviously, when I see the squib kick, I can be more informed about it. But roll your eyes at me for now. But in general, the idea of using gadget plays, as Bill Belichick would call them, I think. It's interesting that instead of just being like, this is what we do and this is what we're going to do, whether we're out four or five good skill players or whether we're, we're, we've got everyone, versus like changing the game plan, changing the whole approach when you feel like the walls are, are you know crashing in on you, it, it just is kind of a metaphor for life, which is that keep doing what you do. Like keep whatever got you here, keep doing it when the going gets tough. Don't completely change your approach and see if some like crazy new formula will work. And that's what it felt like they did. And that's decidedly not the way they've won the last whatever years. I mean, they, they do do trick plays. I I'll give them that. But, um, so who are they? I mean, they're basically right now, they're a mediocre team without Edelman and Gronk. But I think we have the upside of knowing that the, the sky's the limit if everything clicks. I, I One thing I wanted to say earlier is it's kind of crazy that for a team that's so built on, like, a system, it's like they're a fine automobile, like a f- expensive Mercedes, and if one thing is out of alignment, the whole thing shits the bed. For a team that is all about, like, dealing with any sort of circumstance regardless, it's kind of funny how the whole thing is falling apart. Like, they have no depth on offense. They have... Like, you know, we were complaining about Blunt. He looked okay. James White looked okay. But they they don't have, like, Edelman, Amendola, Gronk are gone. These other guys are just guys off the street, basically. Yeah. So it's kind of like, okay, now what are we going to do? Like, everything's based on timing. Everything's based on studying hard. Everything's based on us working together as a unit. Everything's based on everybody knowing the calls. And if you have a bunch of guys who you just signed like three weeks ago, how do you expect that to work? Uh, no, I agree. I mean, I think James White was actually, you know, one of the brightest parts of the offense yesterday. Kishan, our boy Kishan. <laughs> um, Kishan! I, he, I, think he could, I think he could be a really good, you know, fourth receiver. I mean, he's, 
he seems to be running nice routes and Brady's throwing the ball. And he, you know, shoot, he just, I mean, he just came on at the beginning of the year, then he was out for four or five games with that hamstring injury, so he didn't really play that much. You know, but when you throw the ball to Scott Chandler like four times and it goes through his hands, you're like, what are you doing? Uh, yeah. It's frustrating. It's frustrating. Right. Uh, but at the same, but at the same time, I'm not, you know, I'm not really, I'm not really too down about it because I think once we get a full complement of players back, I think that they'll be in, you know, in good shape again. All right, reader question from Dick in New Hampshire. <laughs> Where will they be regarding the division after losing in Texas next week? Like the AFC in the division. <laughs> yeah, I think he means the AFC. I think losing in Texas next week is the key part of that for that question. Yeah. I liked how your dad said JJ Watt, by the way. He was like, next week they got JJ Watt. Really funny. My dad, I think, had a little stage fright when he was recording the podcast, but uh, it came out good when I edited it together. It seemed as entertaining as usual. Yeah. Yeah. He's. He, I don't. He could just not even be trying to be funny. He could just say something normal, and I think it's like the funniest thing in the world for some reason. I don't know. <laughs> I gotta go basketball. See you later, bye. <laughs> exactly. <clears throat> um, and then we had a uh, Rob G in Philadelphia also sent in a question. Whoops. Okay. Oh. He said. I like how we didn't answer your dad's question. Yeah. What? Yeah. What's what's the answer? Go ahead. Where will they be if they lose? Well, I mean, I think that begs the question. Do you think they're going to win this week? Yeah, I do. I so do. The big thing is so. So I was looking at Cincy and Denver. Right, are now ahead of them. The Patriots are in third place um, right now, but Cincy plays um, Pittsburgh this weekend, which is a big game. Yeah, they're going to lose that game. And then Pittsburgh goes to Denver after that. And – no, no, no. That, no, sorry. The first game is in Cincy. Um, Denver goes to Pittsburgh to play them the week after that. And then Denver hosts Cincinnati the week after that. So they, those are games like – those are not easy wins. Um for Denver and Cincinnati. I think they're going to lose one or two each um, going down the stretch. Yeah. So I think the Patriots have to win out, and they'll they'll probably get a bye. I don't know about first place, but they got to they got to win all these games. I think it's really important. And they should win all these games. I mean, I understand that it's two more division games, but if you said to us at the beginning of the year they can beat – Tennessee, the Jets, Miami, and Houston to go fourteen and two. Like we'll take it. Yeah. It's funny how negative we we are. It's really because of the injuries. But it's like if they go fourteen and two and don't get the number one seed, it's kind of tough shit. But what are you gonna do? Yeah, but the worst case scenario would be getting the three seed, you know, and having to play like Pittsburgh or like the Bills or someone like that for the, the first week of the of the playoffs or wild card week. That would uh, suck. We need, a, we need that time off. They need that time off. 
Do you guys remember <laughs> there there was a playoff game where they, um, like the first forty plays were pass plays, and it became like when are they going to run it? And they just didn't, and they kept on going like five wide, five wide, five wide, and every pass was like a three, four, or five yard pass across. I think Welker was on the team. And it might have been the it might have been the undefeated team before they lost, but anyways, it, it's just a great example of how they've kind of lost their way. It goes back to what we were saying: just play Patriot football, like bend but not break defense, give up field goals, and then possess the ball. And whatever they think you're going to do, do the opposite, but like grind them down. I wish they would. I know that Keyshawn Martin and Chandler and LaFell aren't like all pro, but why not just run like out patterns where they're just getting three, four, five, six yards each time and then, you know, mix it up with a with a play action or mix it up with a running play. But it feels like they're, you know, again, the long ball, what are they doing? That like completely ruins their rhythm every time they do that. And yeah. I just like these teams, you're better than these teams fundamentally. So beat them fundamentally. I mean, Mike, that was a really good point about why can't you just beat them straight up? Like, I, I just don't think they... It seems like they're on tilt a little bit. Like maybe they're exhausted. Maybe they're out of their gourds because of all of the pressure of the offseason of Deflategate of getting called cheaters and all the press and all the pressure that Brady and Belichick are putting on themselves. But it seems like they're overcomplicating it a little bit. Well, think about this too. Every time they go to step on the throat of like a team, so take that Bills game at the beginning of the year, for example. Every time they go to like pile on, Something goes backwards, but just stick, yeah. stick to stick to the the game plan and just plot along. You know, that's a great point. Here's I have another conspiracy theory actually about yesterday's <laughs> game. Do you Does know it involve that... ISIS? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, not yet. It might soon. Um, Wait, hold on. But can I just quickly interrupt? Did you guys hear any bit or read about Obama's speech last night? No, I didn't. All right. Well, he made a speech about ISIS from the Oval Office, but he said that in one of his like you know lines that they must have labored over for you know hours at the White House, he said Muslims are our friends, our neighbors, you know, our law enforcement, and our sports heroes. I was, I was like, who is the Muslim sports? Okay, hero? so I was like, who are they? I even was like, who are they? Then I was like, the first one I came up with was Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. There you go, Muhammad Ali. And then Muhammad, Muhammad Ali, Ali I saw today. And I have to say, those two, there aren't a huge amount of Muslim sports stars, but those are some pretty big ones right there. The weighted average of those guys is pretty heavy. Um, sure. Anyone yeah, else? They both, they both converted, right? Not to mention, sh- hold on, I'm going to get it. God Sham God is one, but... Sharif uh, Abdul Rahim. Do you remember him? Yeah, that name. Who is he? he his name was like, Chris, I think he was Chris Jackson, actually. Um, <laughs> but you're right. They all converted. And I'm just waiting for like, I would love there to be like a Muslim first baseman for the Mets who just like hits 43 home runs and bats in 120 RBIs. Anyways. All right. Keep, go, keep going, Baker. Uh, I lost my way. Oh, I was talking about my conspiracy theory. Uh, so Chip Kelly was a coach at University of New Hampshire when I was there, uh, or shortly before. 
and um, and then he went out to Oregon, and then he ended up coming back, obviously, to the Eagles. And him and it's pretty well known that him and Belichick are like pretty buddy buddy. And you know, Chip Kelly's ass has been kind of on the hot seat here with the Eagles for the last few weeks. And I was just thinking of this today, like, what if Belichick just blew the game, knowing that he's fine for the playoffs, and then he would have like plenty for his team to go off of for the rest of the year, just to help Chip Kelly out to keep his job if he wanted to. Imagine that. Possible? No. Highly unlikely. No. Highly <laughs> unlikely. Absolutely, absolutely not. Now, what uh, is what is more likely though is haven't they practiced together and they've like, you know, texted each other pictures of different parts of their body and like their buddy buddy about football like maybe he just i feel like belichick sometimes loses to these guys like like how he lost to mcdaniels the first year mcdaniels was in denver yeah and then the other guy there that went to uh, the cleveland browns cornell or uh no uh charlie weiss mangini mangini Mangini, the the jets Yeah. yeah It was at the Browns that year that they beat the Browns beat us in the regular right. season. I forgot that he was at the Browns. Oh God, that was horrible. Yeah. All right, well, that was, and then we got to face our demons again next week. We got Billy O'Brien and Cornell and his, who else is down there? I mean, it's basically Patriots South in Houston. Yeah, uh, Mike Vrabel is the linebacker as coach. See, there you go. That's the problem. Will Fork? Do you think Will Fork will hit Brady hard if he has the opportunity? No, he won't. No I, way. I don't think he will either. Another night game, but I will be done with business school semester. I'll be on a month-long vacation. Thanks, government loans. Awesome. You can go pound Bud Lights with your neighbor. <laughs> oh, God. All right, well, um, I think if we We're... do another tight five minutes, we can get out. I mean, what else is there to say? You want you want me to read the second? Rob Grable. All right, yeah. Rob, Rob G. from Thank Philadelphia. You. Rob G. from Philadelphia says, I don't actually have it here, so I'm just going to have to make it up off the top of my head. I do remember what he said, which is, was it better to have the first loss be in Denver in hindsight so that that wouldn't have been the first loss was his question. Basically, are you glad now that they lost to Denver instead of still being undefeated and then getting beat by Philadelphia at home on like a pooch punt and a, and a pick six and a you know, um, shitty, terrible loss. Uh, no, I thought um, that that game in Denver just pissed me off because they thought they got it got they got robbed. Um, no pun intended. <laughs> oh yeah, no, look at that. Um, <laughs> um, it, this one was just the the Eagles beat them. There were a lot of fluky plays. There's a lot of weird shit that went on during that game. Um, but the Patriots lost, and it, it was I was fine with it. You know, the rest had nothing to do with it, which which was fine. I think the Eagles win the NFC East and win a playoff game. That's my prediction. I think the Eagles are a way better team than people give them credit for. I think Kelly has all new players, and he's just getting warmed up. I think he's a good coach. I think he'll be there next year. And I think, like, his running backs, he has Ryan Matthews, Darren Sproles, and what's his name? DeMarco Murray. Like, they're stacked at running back. Absolutely stacked. I'd take a couple of those guys. And their defense looked decent against the Patriots. Like, I know their O line's bad, but, like, their defense looked decent. And. 
you know, in the playoffs or at the latter season, their their division stinks. If we want to say that we think the Redskins are going to win that division, I mean, I wouldn't put any money on that. So I don't know. I think the Eagles are better than we think, and I, it's football season now. But they got to start winning these games. Like they have to, they they need to win in Houston on the road to show that they're a team that can win in the playoffs. It's not about the record anymore. It's not about how many losses are your seed. It's like, can you win a game against a, a decent team that's that's trying to win? You know what I mean? Yeah. Hot team too. Hot team. They lost against Buffalo, so which I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing in terms of them bouncing back. Nice stuff. Bills, the Bills Mafia cooled them off a little bit. <laughs> All right, so I, I drove to Hopkinton, Massachusetts and bought $50 worth of Christmas lights off Craigslist. $50? Pound? It was probably more like 75 pounds. Jesus Christ. And I got there. It was like a weird cul-de-sac in Hopkinton, which is where the Boston Marathon starts, and my phone was at a, running out of battery, and like we're also just like relying on GPS now. It's embarrassing, so I'm like turning it off and turning it on and turning it off again to make sure I don't get lost. And I stop at the Greek pizza place and get a couple of slices of pepperoni, so I'm not nervous for the interaction. And break my last twenty, so I have fifty even. And I get there, and the guy is outside, great big fat person. Um, Patriots t-shirt, gray. He's got like, uh, you know, those carpenter jeans with like a, um, a loop for your hammer. But obviously the guy's never swung a hammer in his life. And um, big smile, big mustache, balding. His wife is there too, so he seems legit. We go into his garage. He's got thousands of Christmas lights laid out. Like just, you're just... You're like, I'm going to go buy $50 worth of Christmas lights, and it's going to be a lot of lights. And then you see them, and you're like, this is a lot of Christmas lights. Do I need this many Christmas lights? He plugs in a bunch of them. They all work. He's like, you know, I tested the rest of them. Some of them don't work, but most of them do. I said, okay. Didn't bargain with him. Gave him the 50. Drove home. We're out tonight having a beer. Anna got back from New York. We're testing them out. At least two-thirds of them don't work. (laughs) That's perfect. What are you going to do? I'm not going to do anything. <laughs> just going to turtle. I'm not going to email him. I'm not going to like go to his house and yell at his door. I'm just not gonna... Now, if you lo- line up all the lights that work, it's definitely more than $50 worth if you bought them at the store. So it's kind of like, what do I care? Yeah, way to look at the uh, the bright side. I, I literally, when stuff like that happens, I become just the biggest pussy in the world. <laughs> I, would, I would never go confront anybody about anything. <laughs> I sent my wife to do that. <laughs> oh God! And it's like I like try to surprise Anna. Or I got you all these Christmas lights. Great. We're like plugging them in. Like none of them work. The whole thing just like goes down downhill from there. We got we ended up sort of coming back up because we found a lot that did work, and it was like a bad connection. So it's gonna be fine. We have plenty of lights, but. Craigslist, like, why why do that? Like, was he trying to rip me off, or did he just not know, or did he not care, or did he just overvalue the transaction? Because, I mean, there's a special place in hell reserved for people who sell broken shit off Craigslist. Yeah, that's yeah. true. It's like, who, like, what's the point? It's, I don't even care about the 50 bucks. It's the fact that 
you said something worked and it didn't. That's all I care about. Right. And the way I always look at that, and like that's one of the reasons why I don't get that upset about things like this, um, is because if that guy really is doing that, then his life sucks. <laughs> and his life will always suck. You know, if he's literally scamming people <laughs> on Craigslist for Christmas lights, then I mean, that guy's life is horrible and you shouldn't let it bother you and get you down. But it is funny and it did bring some joy to my life to hear that that one that happened to you. <laughs> uh, oh God. Well, it's like, it's like, remember when we have a friend Gabe and he bought, um, he went to the game seven, I think of the, or game six of the world series for the, for the, uh, Red Sox and got sold fake tickets for like 300 bucks each or something like that. Do you remember that? Yeah. I mean, he completely deserved it because he hadn't paid attention to the Red Sox for four years. Like his love affair, like most of ours with the Red Sox ended when they won the second world series and it was overtaken by a corporate elite and a bunch of pink hatted fans who just went there to like see the fucking Fenway tour. So he hadn't paid attention all year and then he bought tickets off Craigslist last minute and got him from a guy at the, like, Hilton in Copley Square, whatever that hotel is called. Took them home, went back to Boston for the game with his brother, got all the way up to the gate. They didn't scan, and the usher, the, like, old man usher told him those were the best fakes he'd ever seen. <laughs> Andy's, well, just, Andy's rich, so what do we care? He just bought he just bought tickets to the Giants-Patriots game in New York, and he got to the – he went and tailgated, and they – showed up and they were fake also and he had to take it and drive home by himself <laughs> i forgot about that oh my god that makes me so happy he was supposed to tell <laughs> us that story uh maybe i'll add that story on at the end of this podcast i mean i meanwhile i mean yes these these uh christmas lights weren't like as good as i thought they'd be but i've had great luck on craigslist on the whole i've never bought a fake ticket on craigslist i bought a lot of tickets on craigslist I think Gabe just doesn't know how to read like an email correctly and see whether or not it seems for real. I don't know, but one of my funniest, one of the funniest Gabe stories I have about sporting events was he brought, he, you know, he and his lady went to uh, Fenway once, and I think he had he had come up from New York and he had spent all this money, and I was in dental school in Boston at the time, and I think we went out the night before, and he went spent all his money for like these really nice seats right behind the Red Sox dugout. And I like woke up in the morning. I'm like, yeah, I think I'll come, and you know, like, you know, maybe I'll see you guys there. And I bought like these twenty dollar tickets for like out in the bleachers, and and uh, there was a seat open right behind Gabe and Meg. And I just went and sat in it. And I sat in it the whole game, and I just sat behind them, and I was like, just reminding Gabe over and over how much money he spent. <laughs> and I just sat there for bricks and nothing. <laughs> Oh God! All right. Well, um, that's it, you guys. It's football season. Four games to go. Can you believe that? Yeah. Believe it. Crazy. This year's flying. It's almost 2016. Baker, have you had any snow up in Rochester? None, and it's supposed to be 50 degrees all week. It's crazy, Mike. It has not been like it has. There, there hasn't been. I would, I would argue there hasn't been one winter day in New England yet. Jesus, so weird. Now there is, it is still fall. El Nino, El Nino. Yeah, El Nino. I guess it's, that's what happened. That's, wait, that's Spanish for the child. 
Yeah, the boy, the little boy. <laughs> yeah. So that means what for the precipitation calendar? I don't know. It was just a little knowledge for all our listeners who obviously know what that means already. <laughs> all right. Well, um, I t- oh, and there's a and there's a dollar ninety something gasoline a gallon in New Hampshire now, by the way. That's crazy. That blows my mind. So what's happening right now with gas is that Saudi Arabia is refusing to turn off their oil wells. So, you know, OPEC had their cartel, which is a technical term. They do they fix the price so that it's all the same. So they're all producing at the yeah. same cost and getting the same price for it, right? They're not necessarily producing at the same cost, but they're all taking the same price and no one is like undercutting anybody else. So they've kept on having these meetings and the price of oil is so low. So all the other countries are saying, Saudi Arabia, you got to stop producing so much oil because if we cut off the supply, then the price will go up. That's just a general law of economics, the exam of which I took today and absolutely aced. And um, Saudi Arabia is like, no, we're going to keep pumping oil because what they want to do is get the price to be so low that all the companies that are like fracking in the United States go out of business because they can't make any money because the, the price they're getting is so low that it doesn't make sense for them to drill and extract the oil. They want to put them all out of business, and then when the market turns again, they'll be able to raise the price, and they won't have any competition. So that's what's going on with the oil market. Wow. Yeah, again, it's like the NFL, man. I just you know, you feel like you're just part of the mill. You know, you're just sitting here and you have no control over it. Yeah. Well. You know, I wish we could figure out a way just to not rely on that. But your biodiesel that doesn't actually get what you thought it did those are the germans yeah all right mike mike i got somebody who needs to talk to you about korean internet teaching you saw that email i got an email from your wife today i will respond tomorrow all right um well have a good week you guys and uh i don't know i mean i don't think we need to go too much longer um anything else to comment any predictions for the game Pats win. You think they win by two touchdowns? I think they win. I think um, – do you think Gronk will be back? No, Gronk will be back. Right? I hope Gronk not. Gronk I hope not. I think this is a game that he wants to play and that he's going to get in for some reason. He'll be back. I just don't, I just don't think he's that hurt. And like, If you're not hurt, why are you going to play? Why wouldn't you play? We need a we need a player besides the guys that we know can perform to to discover that they can perform under pressure. Like that's the thing. We we need someone to discover something in these games where they're being challenged. Whether it's James White or Chandler, although we don't see him having a good chance, but like who's the moment like we need a Shane Vereen winning the game for us when Gronk and Edelman can't play and discovering that they can be relied on in a big spot for this team to go from where it is now to something that, you know, is a force in the playoffs. That's what I think. Yeah, but I don't think that's an argument for keeping Gronkowski on the sideline just because you're afraid that he's going to get hurt or something. Like, you know, you play him because you want to go 11-2, and two, not 10-3, and three, and then fall out of competition for home field advantage. No, that's fair. That's fair. I just, you know, he's a... He's a skeleton. He's like a shattered skeleton. He could play and 
you know, James White could still win the game for us. It's just, you know, he needs to. Well, who, if we had to guess who we think someone who could step up and surprise us would be, everyone pick a player. Mike, who do you think it could be? I think, I think it's Brandon LaFell. <laughs> I know everyone hates him and they think he sucks and he has had like eight drops, but, uh, I just can't. He was so good at the end of the year last year. I can't see why he can't just get back to that. Baker. Um, Baker. And wait, one more prediction for the game. I think that everyone's going to see what a huge douchebag JJ Watt is. No one's going to like him. He is a douchebag. He is. He's doing pizza. Um, He's doing pizza commercials. Millions of Americans are dying of diabetes and heart failure because of those pizza commercials. JJ Watt. Do do us. Do us all a favor and show them how to work out, not eat disgusting, fatty, meaty, carbon-producing, you know, colon cancer-causing pizza. Uh, that's funny. Who's your player, Baker? My player is going to be Kishon Martin. <laughs> Get I out! Is, I think you're going to see a continued steady rise of from, from that position. I think he played really well last week. And, you know, he's going to continue to emerge as a reliable receiver in this system. You're going to see that. And he's going back to the team that they traded him from. So I think he's going to be comfortable in that environment. All right. So. I will, I'll put some money on James White. I liked how he played. And I would like to see somebody in the secondary start making some interceptions. I would like to see either McCourty or Malcolm Butler make two interceptions between now and the end of the season. We need some – where are the turnovers? Turnovers into points. Jamie Collins stripping the ball with 45 seconds left isn't going to cut it. So I love Jamie Collins. I do too. But I, 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 I would like to see – you know, again, I, I, it's like night and day compared to the first half of the season. Think about how good this team was, like game five, game six. Yeah. And they'll, 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 I think they'll round in the form here at the end. But. You know, look, I, the thing about Malcolm Butler to me is he, he is always like three inches away from a spectacular play, right? Yeah. And, yeah. you know, you know it's, people keep saying, like, oh, like, one more step and, you know, that spectacular play will be made. Well, in my opinion, like, he shouldn't have to – he shouldn't have to make – it's when he's not making a spectacular play that he's at his best. You know, like, that they don't throw towards him because they're so well covered or, you know, that the coverage is so good that he doesn't have to dive for the ball at the last second. So, yeah, I mean, he's close to a lot of these – breaking up a lot of these plays, but he's not doing it. And the reason why he has to make it look so spectacular is that he's not, his coverage isn't quite good enough yet. You hate so. him. You hate him. I don't hate him. I actually, in fact, I, you know, I, I think I gave him, texting you guys, I gave him some credit here in the last couple of weeks. I think he's looking a lot better. Because there's been less of those, like, last-second gasping dives, and which, which, by the way, is also going to get him hurt if he keeps doing that. Gabe and I put twenty five bucks on the Colts money line against the Steelers last night, which means if the Colts win, you you get paid. If they cover the spread, you don't. It was three plus three sixty, which means if you bet ten bucks, you win thirty six bucks back. So we bet twenty five dollars. I went to bed and the Colts were winning ten six, and they lost forty five to ten. <laughs> That's why you don't bet. 
such a bad bet. I love making. Don't listen to Gabe. No, no, that was my. He was listening to me. That was. He, I, I sent it to him. He placed it, and then he said, "You know, so and so who he placed it with said that's such a bad bet," and they were right the whole time. So, um, that's okay. It's fun. It was good value. Hasselback on the road. Come on, in Pittsburgh, it's a great bet. Uh, Gabe, Gabe, Gabe texted me last night and asked me if he could come to the Titans game. Can I come to the Titans game? When is it? Yeah, in a couple weeks. Yeah, I'd love to go. Thanks for inviting me. <laughs> I knew that was going to happen. Wait, I'll be back, Baker. Can I come? Gabe probably yeah. I guarantee you Gabe didn't even watch the game last night. Yeah, that's funny, Mike. Sorry, I should have <laughs> sh- shut up so I could hear that burn. All right. Uh, no, I, I texted him back. I said, if they play like this, you can't come. I'm no, then, he, uh, that's such bullshit. If you take no, and then, honestly, and then, if you take Gabe over me, that's like going to be an actual problem. That's not. Funny. And, then, and then the reality is, the actual reality is, I don't have the tickets as of right now. I'm trying to get my hand on some. So. Oh, here's a little quick ending topic. I'm looking at the calendar, by the way. Hanukkah begins today Yesterday. and ends today. a week from now for all of you Jews out there who didn't know. And the solstice is two weeks from today. Um. Fans booing yeah. at Gillette. I mean, is there a worse crowd? I got to be honest. Sometimes I hate the crowd. Yeah. And I don't like also when, like, Brady's, like, telling them to shut up and they all listen. It's like, I don't know. We, we, we spend all week talking about you guys. We spend all week listening to sports radio. We spend time podcasting about it. I read all the headlines. I, I watch all the commercials, and then you watch all the fake kicks. Yeah, and then you get to the well. Yeah, you get to the <laughs> game. You should be able to be loud, but I guess in this case you're not. You're not supposed. To, I don't know. I just did a complete hypocrisy circle there, but I don't know. Why are people booing a ten and one? I don't think. I don't. I don't think it should have been booing. I mean, it was tied fourteen fourteen, but I mean, it was kind of a collapse there at the end of the first half. That was less than impressive, but. It was bullshit, and then and then they all like a lot of them left. Yeah, you know, do not leave. The and then they came back, and they saw there was a great fourth quarter. The last nine minutes yeah. of the fourth quarter were it's entertainment. Like the Patriots yeah. may lose, and you might be in half an hour more traffic, but that's why you took your twelve year old to the game so he can like when he's seventeen show off to his friends about how he knows about traffic. So just stay right. in your seats. <laughs> Like watch the you know listen to the game on the or listen to the broadcast on the ride home listen to the calls, like watch the shit faced people in the parking lot stumbling around and then drunk driving home like this is part of the experience. What are you doing leaving early? And they came back. Yeah, it's such bullshit. And I like I have a special place in my heart for how much I hate the Philadelphia fans. And I actually was going to, it was one of the things I wanted to talk about last time we got, we, we, we potted, but I was going to say, I hate them the way they boo and they're just so shitty and negative. And then that happens at Gillette. And that, that just pisses me off. I, it, it's, it's a weird thing. It's like going to the grand Canyon and then like taking four pictures and then like turning around and being like, all right, let's go get something to eat. Like, 
you decided you're going to go to the game, just extend another 20 minutes on either end of it and have the experience. People are just obsessed with moving on to the next thing. I don't know. Uh, I think they're coming off that loss to Denver. You know, just yeah, but what? there's eight know, home games a year. It's because people like you are selling your tickets to Pink Hats, Baker. I blame this on you. Well, I have not sold a ticket. My brother has sold tickets. I don't really have control. I mean, it's tough to have control of tickets when you live in Rochester, New York, and you're six hours from anything. But All right, well, when when's the Tennessee game? Are we going? In a couple of weeks. If I can get the tickets. Is it is it after Christmas or before? I'll look at it. Before. The weekend before Christmas. Uh, Ooh, is it the 20th? The 20th. Yeah, it's the 20th. That that lines up perfectly for me. <laughs> Wait, I don't remember Baker ever inviting you. Well, he's not... He's, I've been listening to this whole conversation. <laughs> I, I feel very strongly that if he doesn't take me... If he doesn't take you and he doesn't take me, then I'm going to be upset. Let me, let me get the tickets first, and I'll worry about it. All right, well, that's fine, but I swear to God, if Gabe is, like, within the top five of the people <laughs> you invite, I'm going to be upset. So, we'll I don't know. We'll see what happens. The other thing is, too, is, like, I was talking to this kid. He's a Bills fan. You know, he delivers all the supplies to the clinic, around the clinic, and he always, you know, chuckles because he's always, like, he always immediately thinks the Bills, like, as soon as anything goes bad, he's, like, so used to losing. He's so beaten down. He's like, how are you feeling today? And I'm like, oh, it's kind of weird. I'm like, you know, I start going on this whole like this whole uh, soliloquy about like, you know, I just don't remember a time in my life where I felt like things are so like out of place. Like, you know, like all this terrorism, ISIS, like right, racial tension, student loan debt, Patriots lost two games in a row. It's like, I don't know what's going on anymore. <laughs> Our heads know. are falling off. Well, you gotta you gotta get centered. That's what I'm saying. Like soon the semester will be over, and you'll forget about your debt by drinking, and you'll be home in your hometown, and it'll be December in Foxborough and January in Foxborough. Yeah. That's why yeah. this weekend is upsetting because that could have been like the first step in a, in a playoff march. We need to like no. get our heads out of our asses and start. You know, beating teams on the fundamentals and be, and playing Patriot football. That was like a weird preseason slash postseason game in the middle of the season. Like, when's the last time they lost games in November? Like, they never lose games in November. You know, like, usually by now we're, like, getting the holiday tree out, sitting around. Watch the Pats win in November. Mike's getting his bike tuned up. All right, Mike's got to go. It's almost midnight, and he's got to teach Koreans at 5 a.m. Yeah, I okay. do. Oh. All right. This is good. All right, guys. Head up, boys. Head up. All right, head up. Um, if we need to do a quick coffee talk code on Saturday, I'm always available. All right. All right. That's good. All right. Have a great night. Thanks for potting. See you, Mike. Yeah. Bye. Bye, Mike. Bye, Baker.